Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show. I am fresh off a week of vacay and fired up about so many stories in the news. So we went, we had a great time. Uh, It was my kids' spring break. The first week, you may know, we went to Montana where we skied. And um, it was delightful. Spring skiing is so nice, isn't it? I hate the cold. God, I grew up in Syracuse and Albany, but I still hate the cold. So it was delightful. Had a great time out there. And then we headed for the beach. And I have to say, it was really nice. It was so nice just to be in the warmth and, uh, you know, just be with the kids and be in that, in that warm water. We were down in the Bahamas. Can I tell you, it was such a pain in the ass to get from Montana to the Bahamas. I do not recommend that. We had to go from Montana down to Dallas, then fly from Dallas to Miami, where we spent half a day waiting for the flight. And oh, then we had to go. Actually, we wound up having to stay overnight. Then from there, we had to fly from the, uh, down to the Bahamas. And then on the way back, on the way back, we actually had to check our bags from the Bahamas to Miami. And we had to reclaim them in Miami, even though we're flying to New York. We had to reclaim our bags and go through security again and do the whole custom. I'm like, why can't we just do all this in New York? I don't get it. You know, normally you can check your bag straight through. It's a pain in the ass. You got three kids. My daughter was in a wheelchair because it's a long story, but she hurt her ankle playing soccer before the vacay. Anyway, so all this is like such a, so I say that I'm like, why, why do we have to get our bags and then recheck our bags? Why didn't they just get checked all the way through? You know why? This is with American Airlines. The worker there told us it was because, um, because they lost all the bags because of like all, you know how the airlines are losing all the bags. Don't get me started. This is their new system. Instead of letting you check your bags all the way through on some of these flights, they're making you get your bags at the first stop and then go through the whole process. So we had to re go through security, re go through bag check. Like airline travel has got a lot. It's got a lot to, to a long way to go. All right. (laughs) It was rough. Um, we did fly coach. So there, I told you before, sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't, but I like my kids to understand, you know, just because dad and I have some money doesn't mean you're going to, (laughs) this is what life is like. Suck it up, wait in line, sit in the seat by the bathroom. This is how people travel. If you want something better, work hard. Try to earn more money. If that's not important to you, no problem either. But I really, we do try hard where we can not to just stick the silver spoon in there. And, you know, we don't want them to grow up spoiled, frankly. Um, anyway, so it was great. We had a lovely time. 
Um, my daughter sucked it up on the ankle and uh, had fun like playing pickleball and saw the stingrays and it was fun. You know, we just played March Madness. I got completely blown out on my brackets, as did everyone in America. Right. I got to tell you, there's a serious XM poll going on right now where, you, you know, not poll, but whatever bracket where you can enter the March Madness. So we did that, too. We did our family and then we did. There is some guy named Jeffrey who is absolutely slaying the rest of us. Jeffrey, who are you? How are you doing it? He picked all the upsets. I swear he must have this actual final four um, because Jeffrey has got some sort of weird connection to <laughs> basketball that the rest of us need to have in going forward. Um, brackets. My last comment is this in the Bahamas. There we are. Love. I have a question for America. What happened to bathing suits? Where where are the bathing suits? Where are the young women's bathing suits? There was so much bottom being shown. It's all dental floss up the ass now. That's it. Nobody wears a proper like not even like the Brazilian, not even like, you know, just a little show. I mean, it's full dental floss up the bottom, full cheeks on display. Doesn't matter the condition of the bottom either. Doesn't matter. It's like huge, small cellulite, not on display, preening. Look at me. I know Abby's going, ew. I disapprove. I'm not going to lie. I disapprove. Back in my day, a little modesty went a long way. You wanted to make them like dream a little about what was underneath that little square in the back and the front for that matter. <laughs> you didn't like I said to my, my son Yates, we were in the hot tub. I'm like, Yates, someday when you get older, if you want to marry a girl who looks like that, good for you. You should do that. And ideally, you'll pick one who looks like that underneath her clothes and only shows that body to you. It's just like nothing to the imagination. I have to say, I don't think it's sexy. Certainly don't think it's classy. And I miss the old regular bikinis. Like they weren't revealing enough. A bikini is revealing. It's revealing. Okay, sorry. Old person rant of the day. I'm just, just got to say. Uh, oh, one final note. Our uh, friend and dog sitter and, do and summer dog walker, Holly. We know her from our beach community. She came and she stayed with the dogs. Well, I'll put it all in my... American News Minute this Friday, if you care to update on how poor Strudwick, I mean, Strudwick terrorized poor Holly, poor Holly, <laughs> half of our food was eaten. And then there was vitamin gate uh, on the day before we came home, which had poor Holly on the phone with poison control. Strudwick's fine. Of course, the dog can eat anything and be absolutely fine. But he's up to his old ways. He never abandoned them, as you know. And uh, we'll have a fun update for you. So one thing I was happy for while I was on vacation is the fact that Trump did not get arrested. I don't really want to see Trump get arrested. Um, I don't think it's going to be good for the country. And I think the legal case is a bunch of BS. Uh, however, I really didn't want to have it, it to happen while I was on vacation. <laughs> Every news person has this fear. And when they go on vacation, something big is going to happen. We're not going to have the opportunity to comment on it. And I'm glad it didn't happen. But whether it's going to happen this week mm, remains to be seen. The reports are today, according to the AP, that the New York grand jury has reconvened and that um, they're meeting now. So that could be happening. And Trump is saying that Alvin Bragg, the Soros funded DA here, is uh, abandoning the case. I don't know that he can say that yet. I mean, he certainly should. But I don't know that we're there yet. Uh, my indications are this guy's going full steam ahead and is trying to do some rehabilitation, re rehabilitation of his case in front of this grand jury because they had a bad witness for his side take the stand yesterday. This guy who's just completely tore a new one into Michael Cohen. So I don't know that Trump is out of the woods. 
uh, and things are going to get interesting this week. Okay. In addition to that, the GOP primary primary is truly underway. Uh, Trump held his first campaign rally, the first real one, not any of these fake things he's been doing in Texas over the weekend. Um, and DeSantis has been on the nonstop book tour. Got some thoughts on that too, which we can discuss. Uh, and we'll talk about the latest polls. Also, ESPN decides to celebrate Women's History Month by spotlighting a man, mm-hmm. a trans woman, biological man, Leah Thomas. Hell no, ESPN. Oh, hell no. Joining me now for the full show, two smart young women who we loved having on last time, Amala Epinobi, host of Unapologetic Live, and Federalist writer Evita Duffy Alfonso. Amala, Evita, great to have you back. Good to be back. Amala, I'm, I'm, am I wrong? Where are the bathing suits? Where, what happened to the bathing suits? You know what? You're not wrong. Every time I go to a pool or a beach, you might as well be naked. Women are wearing nothing <laughs> out these days, and they're, they're very comfortable doing so. And I agree with you. Leave something to the imagination. I don't know where this old classic beauty standard went, but it's gone. It's really gone. Right? It's just too much. If you, you're, you guys are both so young, but I, I, I don't mean to sound like the old fuddy-duddy, like, cover up, <laughs> girls. But I do feel like the girls should cover up. I actually think it's uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know who can wear something like that and actually swim and feel like you can be comfortable in your own skin. I, I went on vacation recently with my, my whole family, and I had eight younger siblings, and all the girls were in comfortable bikinis, normal bikinis, or one-pieces. Um, I was in one-piece myself because I wanted to scuba dive. I mean, I just don't understand the point of it. I think it's it's just ridiculous, like, like Amala said. Also, just what happened to classic beauty. She's absolutely right. Yes, it's like I... I... I don't, this is not something I would let my kids watch on TV. And I really don't want them to be subjected to somebody's completely naked ass while we're just hanging out at the family pool. You know what I mean? It's like, there are certain things it's like, okay, I don't know. It's like, you got the under boob, you got the side boob, you got the entire bottom, except for the crack, but most of the crack too. It's just a lot. Uh, and I don't <laughs> think it's sexy. I really don't. I think it's desperate. I think you cut you stink of desperation, as my friend and makeup artist uh, of your Maureen would say. You stink of de- desperation. Okay. So anyway, um, Alvin Bragg seems pretty desperate to get Trump arrested and indicted by this grand jury. So what happened while I was on vacation was he brought in, well, Trump sent in a witness uh, who was not good for Alvin Bragg, Costello. And Costello got in there and said, Michael Cohen is a disgusting liar. Michael Cohen did not pay off Stormy Daniels on behalf of President Trump. He did it uh, to stop to him from losing an election. He did it on his own. And Michael Cohen's now lying about Trump. And this testimonial was backed up by documents in which it emerged that Michael Cohen himself said that he paid this money on his own and that it wasn't from Donald Trump. By the way, this is what Michael Cohen's lawyer told me on the air at NBC in 2018 as well. I have this statement on the air from Michael Cohen's lawyer saying the boss did not pay for it. Now, I didn't believe it, but he said it and he said it to federal uh, authorities back then. And so the, the question now is whether Alvin Bragg has lost his case before he's even brought it, that this grand jury doesn't want to be in the position of giving him the green light on a BS case that's going to fall apart. And these other prosecutors on the documents case, classified documents, and down in Georgia on whether Trump, you know, pressured people to change the votes are kind of sitting in the wings saying, if anybody's got a decent case, it's us. You certainly shouldn't go first and you shouldn't, you know, ruin the public appetite on criminally prosecuting Trump by bringing the BS about Michael Cohen, Stormy Daniels and a payment that may or may not have come from Trump. What now for seven years ago? Uh, Amala, what do you think? 
Yeah. And reading into this, can correct me if I'm wrong, it's not even necessarily the payment that's the problem here. It's the business filings regarding the payment. Yeah, and that amounts to what? A misdemeanor? A misdemeanor? So this is what we're going to go after is a witch hunt against a former president for a misdemeanor charge that he may or may not have been involved in. I stand by uh, the fact that they're going to go after Trump with whatever they can. They're going to investigate him in whatever way they can. They tried to go after him with the classified documents, and I think they're still up to that exact same witch hunt today. So if they can find something on this Stormy Daniels case, they will try. Although I don't think the odds are in their favor on this one. And it is, like you said, it's just BS. So you're exactly right. The, the, the underlying alleged crime is the payoff to Stormy Daniels, which, by the way, it's totally illegal to pay somebody off not to tell about your affair. Okay, just it it is. What's not legal is to pay them off in order to influence an election uh, and and to exceed election campaign uh, contribution limits and so on. Um, So Mm -hmm. he's trying to Bragg is trying to say that's the underlying crime, because if you lie on your books, if you say, oh, payment to Michael Cohen for legal services, when really you're reimbursing him for a hush money payment, that's a misdemeanor in New York. But if you do it, and what you're covering up is a crime, the un- the thing you're worried about emerging is a crime in the first instance, then you've elevated your bad bookkeeping to a felony. And that's what Alvin Bragg appears to be trying to do to elevate. We don't know whether he's going to charge election fraud or election uh, campaign contributions that were unlawful. Question about whether you could do that at the state level anyway. It's more of a federal crime. Mm-hmm. Um we don't know whether he's going to charge that, but he's definitely looking at those books saying, and he loves, by the way, Evita, he loves bookkeeping crimes. Alvin Bragg, this is the one, he doesn't want to go after felons. He doesn't want to go after people who like rob you at gunpoint, doesn't want to go over turnstile jumpers. Uh, but he definitely wants to get you if you committed any sort of a financial crime, right? White collar crime, loves it. So it would be right up his alley to get, you know, the ultimate white collar, uh, Trump. And I, I honestly don't think it really matters to, to Alvin Bragg whether he has a real crime here or not. I mean, the the, the evidence from 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 what, what you talked about, what Michael Cohen has said in the past, what um what what the with the witness that Trump brought forward has said. I mean, the the case is sort of falling apart. What I think is is if this is all about is an image, right? We want to get an image of arresting Donald Trump, the GOP candidate is someone who was put behind bars, who had, you know, been his home raided by the FBI, you know, earlier this summer. They like these images of of Donald Trump looking like a criminal um, because they think it'll undermine his election. And what I think is interesting is I don't I don't think it will. I think people are going to see if if they if the Democrats do this in New York, if Alvin Bragg does this, if he actually, um, you know, gets gets indicted and and, and arrested. Um, I, I think that people are going to be angry and they're going to say, you know what? This is a revenge vote. I'm going to vote for Trump um, because this is so unjust. This is an American um, and it's going to completely backfire on them. Mm-hmm. So how I agree with that 100 percent. But how, if at all, has Trump shot himself in the foot by the weird posts over the weekend? Right. The Like repo- retweeted or posted him with a baseball bat next to Alvin Bragg. Um, of course, MSNBC is trying to tell us that this is racist because Alvin Bragg is black. And they're trying to say it's racist because mm. I guess it's just racist to threaten a DA if he happens to be black. Maybe you just hate him because he's a DA. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with his skin color. But in any event, um, not a good post. Uh, and it is unlawful to threaten a prosecutor for very good reason. Uh, but does that really change anybody's opinion? People who were mad they were doing this to Trump and Trump had to take that down. He didn't take it down because of backlash. He took it down because somebody told him, dude, that's a crime. He could actually come out. That one he actually could come after you for. 
So Amala, what do you make of Trump? You know, I don't know if I to say overreacting, but certainly badly reacting over the weekend. Yeah. I don't think his hardcore fans are ever going to change their mind about Trump. They think that Trump is, in fact, he needs this this presidential election and that he is owed this presidential election. So I don't think a post like that is going to sway them. However, I think it will sway the people who are sitting on the fence between maybe a, a Trump or a DeSantis and looking for somebody who's going to actually act tactfully, act like a president and Although President Trump got some great things done during his administration, his mouth has always been what has put him in the most trouble. What he's posting on social media, two in the morning on Twitter, uh, things like this post holding a baseball bat to Alvin Bragg, grab her by the, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think people are going to look and say, although I may agree policy wise with what he's doing or, or what his administration could accomplish, his mouth at every turn seems to shoot him in the foot. Mm-hmm. He also called him a Soros-backed animal, and people are yeah. seizing on that for the racism claim. I mean, honestly, I, I have to say, like Trump, he used that term about a lot of people. <laughs> he uses that term about a lot of people. He's angry. He's very angry. I don't blame him for being angry, and I. But I think you're right. His core supporters aren't really going to care. They're as angry as he is. I don't want anything to happen to Alvin Bragg. Um, I'm not his fan either, but. The man should. It is very hard to be a DA. It really is. And think of all the people who you have out there who want to kill you to begin with. Uh, all these right. felons. It's the nature of the job, though. He doesn't seem to want to go after them. <laughs> but in any event, nothing should be said calling into uh, question the man's safety. That's that's beyond the pale. Trump was right to take it down. Um, he calls him also a degenerate psychopath, again, with the name calling. In the meantime, while that pot is boiling or coming to a boil, We're at like full flames, apparently, coming out of the pot on whether Trump should be prosecuted for the classified documents. Okay, there is a special prosecutor, Jack Smith, who's looking into that. Did he have classified documents at Mar-a-Lago? Did he declassify them? Can he do that with a wave of a wand? And did he lie to the feds about having returned all of them? Something really extraordinary happened. Um, This court who's overseeing that case at a federal court out of Washington, D.C., has actually forced his lawyer, Trump's lawyer, to testify against him and to reveal attorney client privileged communications saying, because this guy's defense, as I understand it, is I told you guys that Trump had turned over all the documents because that's what he told me. And the judge has found that Trump basically used this guy, lied lied to him, and that pierces the privilege. And um, this guy's been kind of forced to turn against his own client. Terrible position for a lawyer. And uh, so far, this judge who's now just retired, Judge Beryl Howell, a woman on her final day of her seven year tenure as chief judge of the federal district court there, said we're piercing the attorney client privilege um, and that this lawyer has to comply with the grand jury subpoena, has to hand over a number of records tied to Trump's alleged criminal scheme, said we're not there yet on meeting the standard of evidence to charge Trump. But we could be and saying um, it looks like Corker and this lawyer deceived the government because he was deceived by his client. So that one's getting uncomfortable, heated. But we still have the matter of Joe Biden's classified documents. Joe Biden didn't you know, lie to his lawyer, didn't lie to the feds as far as we know. Uh, so what do we make of the fact that that case seems to be moving along pretty quickly? Right. Well, I, I mean, I think that this is all part part of the, the the Trump witch hunt. And even if Trump is guilty of a crime, I think his supporters are just going to say 
it's a witch hunt that we're not America anymore. And I think that they they definitely have a point that we're gonna we're gonna go after um, you know Trump with Stormy Daniels, but you have uh, our own pres- sitting president who might have paid off China, right? I mean, we we mm-hmm. there's a there's a total double standard, a total breakdown of of justice, and I think Trump needs to be really really careful how he's addressing his supporters. I think the baseball bat was very dangerous. Um, you know what happened after January 6th. You know what happened to the people that have been in jail for for over a year now, um, over two years now. So I think he really needs to be careful. You know, that's the thing. So I agree with you. And I, I actually don't like it's fine, Trump. I don't I think Trump probably did mislead the federal prosecutors. I mean, I really do. I feel like through this lawyer, he he, he did tell them that he'd given them everything from what I read. And he hadn't. However, I, I'm not I, I remain unmoved. Do we need to go back over what Hillary Clinton said about her server and her emails and the misleading that she and her husband did upon leaving office? We could go through the list of the Democrats who have done this kind of thing with our with the feds and no one gave a crap, not to mention Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the influence peddling seems they get a complete pass. They get a pass. But Trump has got at least three massive investigations going into him right now into his business. And it just feels lopsided and politically motiv- motivated. Um, but meanwhile, you you mentioned the way he's speaking to his supporters. He had his first rally down in Waco, Texas. Amala, they went too far. <laughs> the mm. January 6th national anthem, Trump with his hand over his heart while they're showing images of the rioters. We, we don't have to call it an insurrection, but we can right. a- admit it was bad. It was not good. People were assaulted, including cops. And they desecrated the Capitol. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. And now instead of this Waco thing, they turned it into like something beautiful where Trump was like celebrating the J6 choir, the January 6th, like convicts and accused are singing America the Beautiful or the National Anthem. And Trump has got his hand. I'm sorry, but that is not a good image. I think there's rehabilitating something that was bad for you PR wise. And then there's crossing over to trying to ask us to believe that it was all wonderful and should be celebrated, which is what they just did. Yeah, if I were Donald Trump right now, I would be somewhat backpedaling. You don't necessarily have to backpedal on the fact that the Democrats ran with January 6th and tried to create yet another witch hunt where they called it an insurrection. You don't have to backpedal on the fact that there are people still in jail to this day from January 6th that should not be there. These are the things that you can talk about. But to (laughs) celebrate what did end up being a riot that many are saying you caused is a really bad move, especially if you're looking to be a president again. and. Again, he gets in trouble with two things. It's his mouth and his attitude. And I think he has a trouble with admitting when something has gone wrong, admitting that something he's involved with has gone wrong. And so long as he takes that stance, he's going to have a tough time. The media went after him as hard as they could during his first presidential run, making up stories of, of Russian collusion, coming after him for his sexual exploits. But now he's actually giving them ammunition to run after him. The, the January 6th thing should be moved on from and it, ideally for Trump ignored. It should not be celebrated. He cannot recast right. this one, Evita. Even Trump, the PR master, is not going to be able to spin January 6th into a beautiful patriotic event that we ought to celebrate at rallies in this way that he literally was celebrating with his hand over the heart with the J6 choir showing images of the riot. Yeah, well, the the riot a hundred percent. I mean, that was that's 
they the people who who crossed the boundary that knew they weren't supposed to that was legal i do i do think that trump um there's been a perception that trump has left the january 6 um uh, arrest people who were arrested for january 6 that he's abandoned them that he doesn't care about them and so i think he's trying to reclaim that a little bit saying no i i stand with them i i feel bad about what happened I and mean, we saw with with, with with the the bombshell um videos that tucker exposed uh several weeks ago showing that people who had been thrown into jail with the with you know the the key thrown away um actually were led in by cops they were led through the capitol they didn't know they were committing a crime many of them um and and now their entire lives are ruined so to say that that january 6 was was a beautiful moment of american patriotism i wouldn't agree with that but do mm -hmm. i think that it's a symbol of the breakdown of justice do i think it's a symbol of the double standard in our country where we have blm writers who were uh torched american cities in 2020 and never um were saw, saw justice he had kamala harris you know raising funds to get them out of jail even i mean really ridiculous and so i think trump is trying to say i i you know i'm i'm, st I'm sticking by my supporters i'm not letting this go i believe in justice i think that's a good thing um i think that's a a fine take to have i think but like but as as the both of you have said to lionize it as a as a moment of of american patriotism i think is a little too far but i think there's there's a little bit of nuance to it too well you're not wrong about the the blm protest good god it's absurd how the media and the left try to act like january 6 was the only riot we had you know ever <laughs> in the past five years um the blm riots caused far more damage and death and destruction than january 6 did uh and cop injuries and deaths and so on. Um, but Trump has got to win the general. <laughs> Trump, this is not the way to do it. <laughs> to win the general, you need more than just Republicans voting for you. You really do. You need independents voting for you and some Democrats because there are the never Trumpers who, I mean, let's face it, they're not really Republicans anymore. They're never going to vote. They're, they've, they've, they've truly crossed over to not just being never Trump. They're never Republican. But in any event, my point is it's a game of addition, you know, attrition, whatever, addition. So this doesn't help. This is not the way he needs to focus on the economy and all the great things he's done. I, I'm like, it, especially Trump should be running from January 6th and not talking about it. Oh, yeah. He has so much uh, to to utilize in looking at this current administration and actually levying out valid criticism towards Biden and Harris. But he's not taking that stance. He's just playing to his core base. And it is a very core base. They're going to be there for him. But all of these other people, which is most of Americans sitting in the middle wondering, I don't know which way to go. The country's not doing so well right now, but I don't want to vote for somebody like Donald Trump. Those are the people who are going to be mobilized towards Democrats in this upcoming race. Now, I would love to see Ron DeSantis take this opportunity to come forward and say, hey, I'm a Republican who's getting stuff done. I've done stuff in my state. I've handled COVID pretty well, and I'm not going to have the same attitude as Trump. I'm not going to come at you as strong as Trump. I'm certainly not going to make social media posts where I'm possibly threatening uh, somebody with a with a baseball bat. And I'm going to be this sort of even keeled uh, presidential temperament that you need to see in the White House. And that's where Trump is probably going to have problems because this guy is up and coming. People want to see him run and he has a much better temperament. Mm. It's all related to the same pros and cons. You know, Trump and his emotion, his, you know, he crosses all the lines he's not supposed to cross, is tied to a, a different piece of him that I think a, a lot of us like. You know, he's funny. He's self-deprecating. He takes social risks that sometimes they don't pay off, but a lot of times they do. 
There's something charming about him. That's just the way it is. You know, I realize if you're far left, you don't see it. But like most people can see it if they're open minded to the man. DeSantis is kind of the opposite in that he doesn't say a lot that's going to get him in trouble. He doesn't take any of those big rhetorical risks for good or for bad. But he doesn't have the it factor. You know, he doesn't he cannot charm a room. And I know his his supporters would say, we're charmed down in Florida. Trust us. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's great. But in order to really win, you need to be able to charm more than just the one state that you govern. And so far, he's not doing it. And that's why I think the book tour is interesting, uh, Evita, because he's been out there. He's been all over the place. And the numbers are not good for him. Trump is crushing him in the head to head. Well, in the in the overall polls, he's done a little bit better. I'll get to these polls today. Iowa, New, New Hampshire, DeSantis. But only when you take the other contestants out, only when it's a head to head DeSantis Trump match. And hello, it's not going to be. It's not going to be, especially in New Hampshire and Iowa, which are the first contests. No one's dropping out before then. Maybe by the end, when you know you have no chance, you drop out, but you don't drop off uh, before Iowa. So DeSantis, notwithstanding the ubiquitous presence on all the shows, you know, all the Republican shows, that's where he went. He didn't do any mainstream. Um, It's not happening. And I think it's because of this thing. You know, David Marcus had a good piece about how, like, you can show the girl your spreadsheet of all your great qualities, but in the end, you're really going to need to charm her. <laughs> like, you're going to need <laughs> to find a way to woo the girl with your charm instead of your spreadsheet. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think a lot of people have talked about how, you know, Trump, DeSantis ran because, you know, Trump walked. Like, it was just like... They they have the very similar brands of politics, very similar brands of conservatism, similar tactics. The way he DeSantis sort of um, is is fearless in Florida, you know, taking on Disney, taking on the deep state. Like I mean, just really amazing. Um, and yet he has all of the the, the plus sides of not being as as uh, as you know. Uh, unhinged, I want to say, but, you know, in a a not not so negative way. And Trump is really a loose cannon. DeSantis is very measured. But like you said, he doesn't have that kind of sparkle. And I think it was Bill Maher who said, you know, why would you go listen to the tribute band when the original is still playing live? And I think that's what's happening right now. I think Trump is is still going strong and his supporters say, He's the OG. He's the one that we, we we all he's the he's who led us to this sort of new populist form of conservatism. This we're not going to play the left's game. We're we're going to reject the neocons. I mean, he is really the one who sort of cultivated that and 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 brought it to mainstream conservative politics. And they say, you know, we're going to support him. In addition to the other stuff we've been talking about, the the way that our government has thrown everything they can, everything, everything that they can to try and get this man behind bars to prevent him from running. They have. And I, like I said before, that fuels the base, too. And so I, I think the, these numbers are not surprising to me. I think it's Trump's time. Trump said it's his time. And the voters think that, too. And as as a, somebody who's in politics, who's you know writing about things and talking about it's I don't think it's my place even to tell people support DeSantis. I know there's some conservatives who, you know, don't like the the how how kind of outrageous and uh Trump can be and they, they like how measured and, and predictable DeSantis is. And I think it's not our place to do that. We just have to let the voters vote for who they want to. Uh DeSantis took a shot at Trump on the Stormy Daniels thing. He said, look, I, I know that this is a Soros back prosecutor. Um so he t- kind of de- delegitimized or tried to Alvin Bragg. Okay, check. The Republicans would like that, I think. Um, But then went on to say, like, I just 
I don't even have any frame of reference to comment on paying off a porn star uh, in advance of an election. Like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's just not something right that I could even talk about. And um, Trump responded on his truth circle so, social by saying, um, you just wait. You just wait until they start coming to for you. OK, like he's trying to he de- denies that he had the affair with Stormy. We'll see. Um, but he's saying you could you can try to take the high road now and say, oh, I don't understand those disgusting problems that Trump has, but they're going to put them around your neck before you blink twice. And you know what? They already are. They already are. I was at a party talking to a liberal woman, very smart, informed, successful woman this past week. And she said, I think DeSantis actually might be a pedophile. He might. He actually might be a pedophile. Why did she say that? Because of this this thing that I think the far left put it out and then Trump recirculated it. It was a picture of DeSantis like 20 years ago. He taught high school for a short amount of time and it shows him like a much younger DeSantis with his arms around some of his students. It doesn't look pervy at all to me. It looks like a teacher celebrating, I don't know, a party or something with it with the kids. They're actually they're going to try to turn him into a, a pedophile. Amala. So like Trump, he's not wrong. Right. He's absolutely not wrong. And I think DeSantis is walking a fine line because he doesn't want to come out and directly endorse Trump in any way or sort of fan the flames of his fan base. But he also doesn't want to demean him and and put anything out publicly that will be too harsh. So I watched this Piers Morgan interview and he sort of just towed the line and again was very uh, moderate in all of his takes, didn't take any super strong jabs towards Donald Trump. But if he is going to run for president, he's going to have to prepare for two things. And that's one, Donald Trump coming after him as hard as he can and sort of shining as this big bulldog, uh, which is what a lot of Republicans want. And he's also going to have to deal with the left coming after him. They've already tried with COVID. They tried with the don't say gay bill. They're going after him again with all this drag queen stuff because he's simply trying to stop uh, drag performances from happening in front of kids. I can't imagine if he puts his name in the hat for a president what they're going to come after him with. And it is going to be the most horrible, salacious accusations that they can find. Pedophilia, they're willing to stoop to and go after him for. And he's going to have to be strong and brave and become a bulldog himself to fight what what uh what they're going to say and how they're going to come after him, which Trump is already very well versed in. And that's where his mouth is actually very helpful because he's not scared to come out and say, this is BS. I don't stand by it. I haven't done anything like this. Whereas DeSantis might just go, oh, you know, I, I don't know. It's not something that I'm I'm uh, well versed in or not something that I've uh, been been privy to. He's going to have to become a lot stronger in his takes towards them. He is but like the the sort of I don't know anything about it. Like that's that's enough to get Trump to react, first of all, but it's not enough to persuade anybody. you got to be stronger. And Trump is out there saying um, right now, look, he's trying to Ron de Sanctimonious is running without running. He says um, he should take a look at his polls, which are crashing like few people have seen before. That's because he's merely an average Republican governor who has great public relations, far better than deserve. He does have good PR people. Um and then he uh, then he told a story about when Ron DeSantis came to him. He's trying to and this is smart by Trump trying to paint him as like the junior like gopher, mm-hmm. you know, like he came, he begged me for the endorsement. You know, he never would have made it without me. And he does have that way of just making others seem small. Here's an example of it from his rally over the weekend. When a man comes to me, tears in his eyes, <laughs> he's at almost nothing in the polls. 
And he's fighting somebody that's at 42, and he's got almost $30 million in the bank. He's at almost nothing. He's got no cash. And I said, I can't give you an endorsement. There's no way you can win. You're dead. But he fought a little bit, like 150. He was certainly no Jim Jordan, that I can tell you. He fought a little bit, just a little bit, on impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, meaning on television, because I didn't know him very well. But I saw him, so he came and he really wanted. I said, you can't win, can you? How do you can win? Sir, if you endorse me, I'll win. Please. Please, sir, endorse me. Okay. I mean, there's, I don't know if there were tears, but it is true. DeSantis, DeSantis, yeah. he, he needed Trump's endorsement to win. And it was a very tight win. And uh, I think even he has said in the past, thanks to Donald Trump, he went over the top. So that's true. Um, and I don't know, the, the rest of the attacks on DeSantis in front of that crowd, Evita, did not go over that well. There was more of a sort of a hush. You know, they weren't as excited. They want to hear him attack Biden, Kamala, you know, the deep state, the FBI. I don't know that they want to hear him go after DeSantis, but this is the phase of the race we're in. I think it's just Trump. I mean, that's just, Trump talks about what he wants to talk about. In, in his rallies, he still mentions the vaccine and all of his supporters <laughs> didn't are super against the vaccine, you know, submitted exemptions and are upset about, you know, that all the mandates um, from in Democrat cities. And this is kind of just what he does. He's Trump and he says what he wants to say. Um, what I think will be interesting is who who in politics is going to stick with Trump and, and, and join his team? Because he said now that if you um if you join DeSantis's team, if, if DeSantis announces and you, you join his team, you will not have a place in my administration. It's a warning to all of you. So essentially, he's, he said, you know, we're, you're, you're going to have to pick now and pick wisely who, who, who you're going to um, join. And I think looking at the people who choose him is going to also be an indicator of, of whether the base um, and, and the real movers and shakers in conservative politics think that Trump has a chance here. And um, mm. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's a good move on Trump's part. I think you want the best people on your team, um, irrespective of whether they were on DeSantis's campaign. Um, but but that's just Trump. He's just going to do what he's going to do. And I think that's also part of the charm. That's why people love him. And whether we're confused or not, they're, they're probably still going to vote for him. It's just so tricky for DeSantis. He's got to sort of unseat a president who's not actually president right now. You know, it's like so rare that you've got a, somebody who was president running for the nomination and, you know, a large portion of his supporters thinking he got screwed out of his first and second term and over 70 percent of the Republican Party still having a very high opinion of that guy. Like, it's just such a tricky move for DeSantis. Now, as I mentioned, he is doing better than he was in states like Iowa and New Hampshire. That's that's what it's all about. But only when it's a two man race and it's not. OK, so I'm going to bring you those polls right after this and uh, we'll continue our discussion with Amla and Evita in two minutes. Don't go away. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launched vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. 
Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Taking a deeper look at uh, the, the contest between these two guys, I mean, what I sense here is trouble for the GOP. That is what I sense. It's like the Civil War is on. And I stand by what I said to Dave Rubin months ago. I just don't see how you get past the 800-pound gorilla and then go on. I don't see how you do that to begin with if you're DeSantis. Not saying it can't happen. I just don't understand the, the plan to take out Trump. And then even if you do, how do you win the war? Because Trump's supporters, I, don't, I just don't see them coming out for DeSantis. They're going to be mad. <laughs> they're they're going to be mad at DeSantis if, if Trump goes down. They're going to hold it against him because Trump's going to tell them to hold it against him. <laughs> and they'll do what Trump tells them. Not, not all but enough to ruin the general. So I just, I understand Republicans feeling uh, right now <laughs> because Trump is not helping himself on the general election chances by celebrating Jan 6th. And DeSantis isn't likely to take down the 800 pound gorilla unless he's got some plan that the rest of us haven't figured out. And even if he does manage to take him down, he's going to have to do it in a way where he still gets Trump's supporters. And that is like the true. I mean, if you can do that, you're going to have an act on Vegas for the rest of your life because that's truly putting a, pulling the rabbit out of the hat. OK, so here are the polls. Um, as of Friday, March 24th, the average of all polling shows Trump up over DeSantis 14.9 points. It's not close. 14.9. He has led all polls. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, since since, um, let me see, what is it, from the beginning of March? Okay, no, looking back at all polls since November, all polls since November, Trump has led all polls except for one at the beginning of March. He's led them all. Um, Monmouth poll, just last week. Um, yeah, it's early, it's from March 16th to March 20th. Trump, 41. DeSantis, 27. Just in February, Trump had 33 and DeSantis had 33. So DeSantis is going down. Trump is going up. Why? Why is that? I would submit to you the following. Because they've both been out there. Trump is reminding people what they love about him. And DeSantis is getting better known. And DeSantis's ability to charm is a problem for him. His ability to govern is not. <laughs> That's what people fall in love with DeSantis for, what he does on paper, how he fights. He's smart. He can govern. But he I'm sorry, he's not a charmer in the interviews. And in 2023 America, it's not like 1940. You got to be good on TV. You got to be good at like making people laugh a little. You got to make them feel like, you know, you're warm and you're funny and you're self-deprecating. Not his forte. Your thoughts, Amala? Yeah, I, I personally hate that presidential elections have become sort of a, a personality contest. And I wish that we would move away from that as a nation and just look for somebody who is good at governing and does something uh, great on paper. I think maybe a smart move would have been a Trump DeSantis ticket where he does play that role of junior that everybody sees him as now and takes mm. on, on the VP. But that is long gone now that Trump has called him desanctimonious and he's come after saying, well, I don't know anything about prostitutes and hush money. So that whole connection is gone. I, I think you're very much right in saying that his main base is not going anywhere as far as Trump is concerned. And if DeSantis somehow goes through this uphill battle and comes out with the ticket, 
maybe some Trump voters and the the hardcore uh, people who are supporting him are just going to sit this one out and stay home. I don't Mm -hmm. see them showing up to the poll to vote for a Democrat when DeSantis is on the ticket, but they might just say, I'm going to sit this election out. The country is not supporting me. It does not support my values. It does not support the person that I sit behind. So why should I do uh, what has been deemed my civic duty and go out and vote? Mm -hmm. The I've had some viewers write in Evita and say, what do you mean you can't win if you're not charming? Joe Biden is president right now. But my response to them is he was up against Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg. Come on. He didn't have to face, you know, this kind of. Yes, he did face Trump in the general, obviously, but there were bigger problems and he had to win Democrats uh, and, and Republicans and independents. But my point is in the primary, you know, when the Republican voters who still love Trump, I mean, the, the polls show over 73 percent of GOP voters say the MAGA movement has been good for the party. Um, they still have, uh, let's see, 71 percent favorable views of Trump, 21 percent unfavorable. This is GOP voters. They say 76 percent favorable for DeSantis, only 8 percent unfavorable. But that doesn't mean that they're going to vote for him over Trump, because if you look at hardcore MAGA, which is still a 30 percent of the party. They overwhelmingly prefer Trump 73 percent to DeSantis is 25. Uh, so the problem is charm might actually matter when, you know, for DeSantis. And the more he gets out there, his numbers are doing the opposite. They're going down. The more people see of him, the worse he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is human nature. I think, um, you know, if they have all these studies that if you're more attractive, you're more personable, you're going to get the job before somebody else who probably is more qualified. Um, that's just that's just the way the world works. And we're seeing it in real time. The difference with Biden, I think that's a really interesting point, is the Democrats have much, the Democrat establishment has proven time and time again to have much more control um, over elections than the GOP does. I mean, why was Nancy Pelosi Speaker of the House for so many years when when the, the the base, the Democrat enthusiasts did not want her, do not like um, the Joe Bidens of, of the Democratic Party at all. Actually, I, if you if you're if you're uh, on TikTok at all among Gen Zers, the Democrats are obsessed with Marianne Williamson. They think she's the most amazing candidate. Um, and this, unfortunately, it's just not going to happen for them. Whereas no. in the GOP, there's a lot more room for, um, for for the base to really have a say and, and decide who this candidate is going to be and it's looking like it's looking like Trump as much as we want to we want to say, oh, we're going to push DeSantis. He's more reasonable. It's it's just not going to happen. And I think it's a combination of both um, the GOP establishment not having quite as much control over who wins elections and also just human nature. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting. Uh, I, I will say for the record, we asked DeSantis to come on the show. He has not said yes. And I find that very interesting. You know, I love Piers Morgan. He's a pal of mine. But why would you go sit with the British guy and not come on the show? And I, I do think there's a reason for it. And I will venture to say he's afraid. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. He's afraid because he knows the kind of interview that I would give him. He's not going to get a pass. Same as Trump never got a pass from me. None of these guys get a pass. Speaking of Marilyn, Marianne Williamson, go back and look at the interview I did with her. She also didn't get a pass. <laughs> she we, we led to the infamous line of this is an interview, not a friendship which is what I had to remind her of when she got upset. I was asking her tough questions. That's the way I am with presidential candidates. And that's because I represent the viewers, not the candidates. You know, And that's the way the journalists should be. We're there for the viewers. We're not there to rub elbows with these guys who may or may not be president and, and inure ourselves and their good graces. The reporters need to remember that. The relationship is supposed to be adversarial. For the love of God, these journalists should show it. I don't give a shit if you've fallen in love with DeSantis or Trump for that matter. They're not 
your friend. Your friend is your audience, is the truth. That's the only thing you're out there to cover. And I, it disgusts me to see the press running cover for Biden, to see the hardcore MAGA group running cover for Trump all the time, to see the now the new the, the, the new right in love with DeSantis and running. Like, just stop it. Stop it. Stop falling in love with the politicians. You're a member of the media. Grow a pair. Your business is not to be loved. It's to tell the truth. Respect is what you want. Respect will get you an audience. Love is for pundits who just want to say the nice, sweet nothings that people want to hear. The whole thing is bass backwards. It upsets me. OK, but let me go to Iowa and New Hampshire, OK, because DeSantis is doing well there. He is beating Trump by eight points in Iowa now and, and tied with Trump in New Hampshire. Um, however, when you expand the field to include people like Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, DeSantis is tied with Trump in Iowa, erasing his eight point lead and trailed him by 12 points in New Hampshire. So it's like this, it's back to the problem we started with, Amla. You can't, there are other people in the field. Yeah, it, it's just not looking good for him at this point, uh, regardless of, of temperament. And like you said, with him not coming on to your interview, he seems to be playing it a little bit too safe. People are looking for somebody who's going to come out and tell it like it is. And he does seem to sort of skirt the issues, although legislatively he is getting things done. I just, you know, as much as I, I like the guy and think that he might he may do a good job, I just don't think he's going to come through on this. And honestly, when in looking at this next election, let let's have Trump take his place. And uh, that's what the people want. Uh, that's what Republicans want. And he'll get his second term out. But now's the time the to do it. Candidate will be. Like if you're right. if you're Ron DeSantis, like now's the time to do it for the love of God. Like take your lumps, go on adversarial media, like see how you do, see how it goes. I don't hate DeSantis. Why wouldn't he cut? You know, it's like it's not like going on NBC. Right. I, I call it like I see it. Some, some things about him are good. Some things about him, I think, are not so good. I think his biggest problem is just like we were in law school, you put the straight A students who are number one in their class in the appellate division of the law firm writing the briefs. And you put the C student who is third tier out in front of the people arguing the cases in front of the jury because they tend to understand human nature and they can relate more to regular folk. Um, OK, that's my back of the uh, envelope. Political analysis for the day. So much more to get to. Amala and Evita, stay with us. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. I do want to play a little bit of what Ron DeSantis said in that interview with Piers, where he was given the chance to respond to some of the nicknames that Trump was calling him and some of the other some of the, some of the other things being thrown his way. Uh, take a listen to this nickname that Trump's given you so far. Is it Ron 
Ronda Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't. I think uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, but. I can't. Uh, I don't know how to spell the Sanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me. You can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner because that's what we've been able to do in Florida. Hmm. Not bad. Not. What do you think? It's not horrible. I mean, he could have been stronger about it and said, you know, sanctimonious. I that is not something that I stand by. It's not who I am personally. Just look at what I'm doing in Florida. If you feel that I'm morally superior, maybe it's because what I'm doing is right and that I'm running the country the way it should be run. And I have been throughout the entirety of my uh, governor's administration. He really needs to learn to come harder at the people who want to see his downfall. And so long as he stays on the safe side with his responses, he's not going to get anywhere. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, he's, you know, he got a lot of time to get it right. Cause I mean, just to take you back, we're in 2023 right now. We're in good God. It's almost April. Can you believe, can you believe it's almost April? How did that happen? It's fine. Um, 2023. So if you go back to, I'm just going back to 15, cause that's the one with Trump. Um, first time around that debate that, that now, you know, famous infamous debate was August of 15. So it would that would mean the similar like the big first Republican debate could be as early as this August. Right. So April, that's four months away that we could be four months away from the first big presidential debate. Remember where they had like the junior debaters go first with a different team of anchors. And then Brett and Chris Wallace and I went out with like the top 10. It was like herding cats. There were so many of them and it got crazy from there. But that was it would be the equivalent of this August. So it really is on. And these guys should be out there perfecting their game. They should be saying yes to as much as they can. You know, it's like anything. You get better at it. The more you do it, the better you get. So DeSantis is not doing particularly well in these interviews, but he'll get better if he tries more. You know, you can't, you, you got to just keep getting out there. It doesn't have to be with me, uh, but get out there more because eventually you're going to have to face the music. Um, okay. Let's talk about Kamala Harris. Women's History Month. This is going so wrong on the left. It's not even funny. I mean, we should just cancel it, right? It's just bullshit anyway. My kids are being subjected to this too. It's like, it's Black History Month. Now it's Women's History Month. Now it's indigenous people, indigenous people. Like, shut up. Can we just learn? You know, like, we just, can we get back to like math? No, we cannot is the answer. And um, it goes all the way up to the top. You've got Kamala Harris out there who she's having a banner, a banner month, offering her typically totally uninspirational remarks on, in this particular case, Women's History Month, and then this weird video in which she tried to celebrate Women's History Month by celebrating all these women who achieved historic firsts, but the only requirement was that you be a Democrat. <laughs> if you were a Republican who'd achieved anything, you were fucking gone. Sorry. Sorry, Mom. Lent. Still on. Anyway, let's take a look. <laughs> so during Women's History Month, we celebrate and we honor the women who made history throughout history, who saw what could be unburdened by what had been. Okay, so I do we have the do we have the one where she that was totally uninspirational. Oh, okay. All right. Let's look at the, the one where she does the, his, the, the tribute to the great women. Women, they are the backbone of our democracy, and I stand on their shoulders. First woman to serve as governor. Uh, presidential candidate, black woman to run for vice, run for vice president, Asian American woman to serve in the House, black woman appointed to the federal judiciary, black woman elected to Congress. I'm going through the list. African American woman elected mayor, woman and Asian American ever elected to Senate. It, 
Arab American woman elected Congress, African American woman to serve in presidential candidate, first woman to be attorney general. Oh, you can get it if you're just a woman. First woman to be secretary of state, first woman to be speaker of the house, all Democrats. And it goes on from here. Um, however, sadly, Kamala Harris forgot some important women in her tribute. First woman to receive a party nomination, Hillary Clinton. Oh, really? Okay. Because I'm old enough to remember when Geraldine Ferraro was the first woman to receive a party's nomination uh, and wind up on the presidential ticket. She was a Democrat. Why'd she get ignored? Because what? You just wanted to save it for Hillary? You wanted to talk about yourself being the first to create history in the vice presidential role? It wasn't you. It wasn't you. Not in this. She, yes, to win, but not to get the nomination. Geraldine went and then Sarah Palin went. Before you did, Kamala, you were the first to win. But it wasn't Hillary. That's for sure. Um, We could go down the list. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman, first woman to ever sit on the U.S. Supreme Court, ignored, ignored. Sonia Sotomayor, she gets a shout out. Why? First Latina woman. So being a woman doesn't matter in Women's History Month. You have to have an extra. You see, you don't count if you're just a white woman. You got to have an extra to make Kamala Harris's tribute video to women. Kamala, this one, I'm sorry, this one really actually does piss me off. Yeah, they're totally bent uh, towards people who share their ideology and their dogma. Another addition that you could have as a woman that will get you accolades on uh, Women's History Month is a penis. So I think we should also acknowledge that during their uh, Women's (laughs) Courage Awards, this administration gave an award to a biological male as a a woman who symbolizes courage. So I don't know that they have any ground to stand on for encouraging women, supporting women in any ways, being feminist with the things that they're doing on the sidelines. I'm very passionate about this issue, clearly, because yes. they clearly do not have women's best interests at heart and they show it every chance that they get. But when it's Women's History Month, yeah, let's throw out the awards and support our own dogma and ideology. God forbid a Republican woman is ever held on, on the same pedestal that we put the Democrats on. I, I can't believe that they eliminated the first woman on the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, how do you eliminate her? And you go down all the first woman to get a major nomination. Okay, the the nomination is bigger to you than actually sitting on the U.S. Supreme Court. No. And you do clearly care about the Supreme Court because you wound up going to Sotomayor. Right. But but the first woman on that doesn't matter to you. Okay, they did the same thing when it comes to a first woman in Congress. They honored the first woman of color to be elected in Congress in 1965. Representative Patsy Mink, Democrat. But they ignored uh, Representative Jeanette Rankin, who was the first woman elected to Congress back in 1916. She happened to be, guess, wait for it, a Republican. This is so absurd. It shows you just everything you hate about politics and frankly about Kamala Harris, Evita. It's, it's so it's so true. They they completely snub conservative and Republican women. They've been doing this for years now. I don't I don't even I don't think it's just who, who they snub. It's also the abuse. Right. If you're a conservative woman, what happened to Sarah Palin? I was little at the time but when she was running the abuse that she endured at the hands of Democrats was unprecedented. And she's supposed to be, you know, the woman running for, for, for vice president. That's a huge deal to them. Right. I mean, uh, identity politics is everything. And yet if you don't share the same ideology as them, you, you are, you know, you will, you will be subjected to uh, horrible abuse. Also Clarence Thomas, what, what he went
went through as he was trying to be uh, appointed to the Supreme Court. They do it to black people as well. You're not a real black person. Um, if you if you vote Republican, if you have conservative values, uh, it's so twisted. It's so wrong. And it it really shows how transparently this is not about um, identity politics. It's entirely about ideology and using people's immutable qualities like race um, and gender and sexual orientation to then usher in the equity politics that really matters to them. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, um, <laughs> the the uh, like the the limitation on on color uh, and Republicans applies at the governor level too. several of women of color quoting that from the Fox News article uh, writing this up. Several women of color were commemorated in their various positions in public office as being the first. Like we're celebrating the first, as I pointed out, a uh, person of color who is a woman in the Congress, but not governor. I mean, by any measure, a governor has more power than some lowly congressperson. <laughs> it's like, just do the math. But weirdly, they decided not to celebrate the first two women of color to ever occupy the highest state offices, which who were Republicans, Nikki Haley of South Carolina and Susanna Martinez of New Mexico back in 2011, totally omitted from Kamala Harris's list. What do you mean? I thought we were obsessed with identity politics. Let's do this thing. Let's come on, Nikki Haley. Let's know because she's got the little R after her name. And also her problem is she's running for president. And God forbid we do anything to help her. Right. They don't want to have these images up of women who are, uh, you know, building these accolades and and achieving them simply because they're Republican. I'm over all of the identity politics. I don't want to see, oh, the first woman of color to do this or the first woman to take on this position. I want it all just clean slate, blank, even the playing field, because that's what this country is supposed to be about. It's not equity. It's equality. We're done with this. I don't want to be revered as a a woman of color who's, uh, you know, uh, having a podcast or whatever. Nobody wants this. At least no reasonable person wants this. I would love to see it all ushered out along with women history month it's b it's bs yes it's true because what the, what they ask for in the next breath is special treatment you know like oh you know the the, the woman needs an extra leg up for the following reason or certainly the woman of color she needs extras that you know the, the rest of the folks don't get and it's why you get all these like race fakers now everywhere it's like the new york post had a great article just today i don't know what i did with it but it was a great piece on yet another woman she's a big hollywood producer uh who's been faking the fact that she purports to be a Native American and she's not. I mean, we have one of these a day now, Avita. Everybody's trying to pretend that they're a minority of some sort because America's so racist that we're so racist that people need to now pretend that they are a minority. That's how racist we are. Here it is. Well, it's pure Hollywood fiction, says the Post. Um, she's a this is a great new term. We talked about it last week. She's a pretendian. <laughs> she's a pretendian. And this is the woman who um, she was the one who I think gave the award what was the name of the woman who gave little feather? Yes. Yes. She gave little feather the award, like recognizing that, uh, she was treated poorly by the Academy because she accepted the Marlon Brando, uh, Oscar, right. Am I getting my facts right for the Godfather? And then it turned out that little feather was a faker too. She was also pretendian. She wasn't even a real native American. And this is the woman who gave her the honor. And this woman's not a pretend. She's a pretendian too. She's also not a real, I can't keep track. Right. They're, they're pushing racism and, and saying how racist of a country we are, we are all the time. We need to have all these this, these special treatments and programs and and awards and nominations for for people um, with, with with you know certain skin colors or certain sexualities or or or, or genders. Um, and and then the opposite has actually come true. So in the in the the 
the early years of America, there was a there was a push to, you know, be white passing. And now it's the opposite. You have white people pretending that they are Native American or pretending like they're black. Rachel Dolezal, I think, was the, the major yeah. um, queen of, of pretending to be a black person. And she's not. Um, and so it's 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 actually uh, evidence that we are not we're not racist, that there's not this this uh, this uh, uh boosting up of white people because they're all pretending to be something else that they're not. Um, so I, I think it's so it's so sad um, that that we've had to devolve into this and try and fabricate um, race politics where there's really no need for it. And I also think there's a there's a point that it, it devalues the accomplishments of of Native American people, of black people, of Hispanic people. When when you have, for instance, at universities where where you are you know accepted for these diversity numbers and suddenly then there's a perception on campus that if you're a black person or or a Hispanic person at Harvard or Yale that you only got there because of your race. It, it devalues your degree. I think it's actually um, insulting to people of color that that you're you're going to um, put all these special accommodations for them. So it's 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 both ridiculous and also harmful. Yeah. So you're I, I, mean, I love the fact that now it's not enough to be like a woman. You have to be a woman plus as the Kamala Harris, unless you're a Republican, then that disqualifies you altogether. If you can follow the tree like woman. <laughs> yes. OK, you're in the potential running. But next question. Also, minority of some type. Yes. OK, you're looking really good. Um, Republican and eh, you're out. <laughs> I'm like, mm, no, that's where the big hammer comes out and hits you in the head. Um, however, the, the tree would also say like woman. Yes. Have a penis? Yes. Congratulations. Welcome to Women's History Month. And that brings me to Leah Thomas. I am sick of the Leah Thomas and the Dylan Mulvaney awards and celebrations. I'm sick of it. Kamala Harris wrote a personal letter to Dylan Mulvaney, this trans woman, biological man, um, celebrating Dylan's 365 days of girlhood. Stop it. Stop it right now. Right? Okay. Like, no. Um, that doesn't get celebrated. I mean, by statistics, Dylan could still go back to being a man. She could, she, Dylan could detransition de and go back to the prices, right, Dylan? We all saw on that viral Twitter clip any day now. Uh, but no, we've got the vice president of the United States reaching out to celebrate 365 days of girlhood, which is a lie. Dylan hasn't had a girlhood. Dylan is a biological man who had a boyhood. Um, and then you get, and, and then you get um, Leah Thomas. So Leah Thomas has been is being celebrated uh, by ESPN as part of Women's History Month. Do we have the clip? Just looking. Yes, we do. We've got their tribute to Leah Thomas in Stop 5. Thomas made her debut as a member of the women's team in December 2021. Being trans is, is not a choice. I didn't have any other choice because not transitioning was not leading me anywhere. She competed amidst criticism from the swimming community, competitors, and teammates. She said she hopes her persistence serves a larger purpose. People will say, oh, she just transitioned, so she would have an advantage, so she could win. I transitioned to be happy. Okay. We've, we've gone too far, Amala. We've, I, they want tolerance. We want tolerance. We want tolerance for our spaces and our awards and our sports. This Leah Thomas has got severe mental issues. If you read the Daily Wire uh, piece that we check all the time to see whether she's denied it, Leah's de denied it, whether Leah says it's not true, whether Leah's filed. We're wide open, Leah. Is it true or isn't it? All the Daily Wire reporting about your weird fetishes and how you get off on putting on women's clothes and going out there in front of other women. Like, is it true or isn't it? 
read the Daily Wire piece. Um, the fact that they're now after the indignity of subjecting all these swimmers to Leah Thomas, now asking us to celebrate Leah Thomas as one of the women who we should be stopping to pause and celebrate on Women's Month. No, they've gone too far. Oh, absolutely. They've gone too far. When I see anything regarding trans issues, I'm honestly disgusted at just how far it has gone in terms of oppression being currency. If you look at Leah Thomas and Dylan Mulvaney, these are two people who have risen to stardom faster than anybody else in this country, simply by virtue of taking on an identity that is not theirs to own. But like I say, nobody does womanhood like a man, apparently. And they are now breaking glass ceilings in their respective arenas of sports and, and performing. And it is just amazing to see their meteoric rise by simply saying, I'm a man who identifies as a woman. Leah Thomas beating out all these women in the NCAA with even stories of Leah Thomas's fellow competitors saying, hey, we are seeing a naked man in our locker room and it's being completely ignored. Dylan Mulvaney being invited to the White House to have a, a, a question back and forth with with President Biden, as well as this famous letter now from Kamala Harris. It's just ridiculous how these people are being heard out, being pedestalized when they are directly contributing to the erasure of womanhood. Mm. The Leah Thomas uh, reporting on the Daily Wire, uh, Evita, has, has got posts that um, someone they believe is Leah Thomas. And again, she has not denied this. Uh, thumbs upping this, like basically it's this autogynephilia where you're it's a male's propensity to be sexually aroused by the thought of himself as a female. And there are all these images liked by who we believe is Leah Thomas, though it's spelled differently. Uh, but it's linked back to Leah Thomas's actual girlfriend and so on, um, where there's a, a clearly a male dresses, a woman looking at themselves in the mirror as like a cartoon character with a full on erection. I mean, kinky, weird stuff. And if Leah Thomas is really just a man who has a propensity to be sexually aroused by the thought of himself as a female, and then they subjected all these poor female swimmers to both that weirdness in the locker room, not to mention Leah dominating all the records. Um, they're owed an apology, not a celebration of this person. Absolutely. And, and ESPN should be ashamed of itself for, for pushing um, this this agenda uh, on, 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 on young people and all of their viewers. And it's it's so wrong to all of the women who who competed, who are real women, who worked really hard and had their dreams crushed by Leah Thomas. Um, also, also the I had also to bring up Dylan Mulvaney and, and his he did a weird video where he was dressing up as Eloise. Um, this oh like my God, cartoon character, a little girl, right? He's he's dressing up like a little girl. This is totally a fetish. It's totally weird sexual behavior. Um, and and even the the, the whole his whole name that um you know blank days of, of of girlhood or becoming a girl. You're not a even if you were transitioning, why wouldn't he say a woman? Why is it a girl? That's a really odd thing. Um, and now they've become you know lion lionized by right but also um a, you know uh, become examples for young children. And I think it's just so damaging. And you have young, you have, uh, you know, activists from the sixties who, who sort of said, you know, we're going to have equality between men and women trying to blur the lines between distinctions between men and women. And now I think we've seen that that's really backfired. And now people, um, can't say what is and isn't a woman. Like you saw from the Matt wall, the famous Matt Walsh documentary, no mm -hmm. one can say what it is. And the losers and the victims are women. You know, I make a distinction between Leah Thomas and Dylan Mulvaney in the following way. I think Leah Thomas 
has got issues, as I said. I, I think this is somebody working out their kink on America and its female swimmers. I think Leah Thomas was a middling at best male swimmer and was like in the mid four to mid five hundreds ranked. And then apparently because of all the likes that Leah Thomas has put to this AG whatever situation and all the, you know, men in their dresses with hard on staring at themselves in the mirror. I mean, it's very strange. If that's what you get off on and you get sexually aroused by dressing as a woman and then you want to parade around in a woman's locker room, there's an issue. I think Dylan Mulvaney wanted to be a star. And the reason I I'm landing here is that price is price is right video. I saw this video. It was I'll show it, but it's been all over Twitter. And I thought, okay, this version of Dylan, I really like this version of Dylan is fun and kind of charming and is an obviously gay male who's gender nonconforming, right? He looks a little bit more like a woman. I love this version of Dylan. There is a place in America for this version of Dylan that Dylan did not have to cross over into trying to actually be a woman to be accepted. But he did to be a star, which is clearly what he wanted. If you look at the moment he won this particular game on Price is Right, here it is. Uh, get to spin the wheel. Yeah, you get to spin the wheel. But guess what? You get a second chance in this game first. No way. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. I'm still in it. Yes. You got it. Dylan's a winner. Dylan's a winner. Dylan, nice job, man. What do you make of it, Amala? Because I see that and I say, yes, Dylan's fun. Dylan's Dylan likes to be the center of attention. Dylan is a non-conform, gender non-conforming, likely gay man. Fine. Great. We've had that in America forever. Yes, 50 years ago, it was a different story. But in today's day and age, that's fine. And it's beloved. You'd be the hit of most parties. Um, the, Dylan, since transitioning over to being, quote, a woman, has made bank. Dylan's now getting to meet the president of the United States getting letters from the vice president of the United States, getting celebrated in primetime specials on NBC for being, quote, a girl. I mean, it's crazy what's happened in that 365 days. I think you're absolutely right, Megan. This is exactly what Dylan wanted for his life. I was one of the first podcasters to ever talk about Dylan when he was up and uh, rising on TikTok. And it was criticism that had been levied towards him many times before. But because it came from a, a podcast, he he made a whole TikTok video crying about all the hate that he was getting from a, a conservative podcaster and basically mobilizing his fans to fan the flames of, of a few, to throw hatred towards me. And if you look into Dylan's past, I mean, he is a performer. He's been in musical theater, a very famous musical by the name of Book of Mormon. Uh, he has mm -hmm. wanted to be an actor for quite some time and details his life in L.A., traveling around to two different auditions. You have that Price is Right video. You have old videos of him attempting to be a comedian on TikTok and Instagram. And his very first video of day one of being a girl or day one of girlhood was a comedic video where he took cheap shots of at stereotypes of females saying, I wrote a scathing mm -hmm. letter that I'm never going to send. I told everybody that I was fine when I wasn't. 
And now that Dylan has chosen to transition, I think largely due to the popularity of his videos and the backing of a very strong uh, dogma-based audience, he's now selling out shows. He just recently did a musical performance for The Trevor Project, and it was so popular that the streaming sites that were trying to access this performance crashed because of how many people wanted to see him. And that's exactly what he loves. It's what he wants to hear. And he will feed into this transition as long as he can. Uh, to to garner this audience. We, we have some of that from the Rainbow Room, the NBC building. Watch. I'm going to say something that might make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying really hard to maintain a relationship with God. And I don't think that he made a mistake with me. Um, and that maybe one day I will actually be grateful for being trans that this isn't some curse, but it's just a different path to the same destination. Be running up that road. Oh my God. Be running up that hill. <laughs> Be running up that oh my God. building. If I only could go. Notice oh. that there were no tears and he wasn't wavering at all while he was singing. There was no crying behind the singing at all. Oh, that goodness. is the most cynical clip I've ever seen in my life, Amala. The, the acting, like God didn't make a mistake. Correct. God didn't make a mistake on you. You're a man. You are a man. That's why he put you in a man's body and you can be a gender nonconforming gay man and there's nothing wrong with that. You didn't need to cross over. You did it for bucks for big dollars and big attention, which is your real drug of choice. And to invoke the name of God, two seconds, I mean, I, like, I, he kind of had me, he was like luring me in, Amala, for a second. They're like, oh, well, God, that's, I mean, he's, oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. Don't let him do it, Megan. Don't let him lure you in. He is an actor and a trained actor at that. And you better believe he's going to be headlining some Broadway show. He's going to get his own TV show. It is all acting. That is what he does. And notice there was a little bit of a Freudian slip in what he just said there. He said that I'm moving towards the same path as I was as a man. I'm just taking a different direction and getting there. And it's a fast track. It's a fast track to say, I'm a woman. Now I want to be a performer. Now I want to be an actor. And you better believe he's going to win at the end of the day because people are going to just just bow at his feet to give him whatever he wants because of what he's done now. Oh, my God. And so it's one thing. It is one thing. If you want to say, let's let's do another month since we have a month for everybody. Right. Little people month, <laughs> whatever month. Let's do another month. Let's do a trans month if we must. OK, but get out of our month. Get Dylan. Get the fuck out of our month. <laughs> Again, buzz. Get out of our month. It's he's not a woman. Dylan is not a woman, and so that's what's so annoying. Is like, okay, so Dylan's got to be come over and get celebrated as a trans person. Fine, if that's your thing, but not as a woman. That's not what Dylan is, and that's so to your point, Evita. We just played the video. Canadian Debbie pulled it up of Dylan is Eloise, which is sick. How old is Dylan? Does anybody know how old Dylan is? He's like twenty eight, I think twenty eight years old around that age yeah so what we're seeing here is a biological man in a short skirt as eloise the famous child's character 26 showing the back of the thigh the front of the thigh rolling around in a bed acting as like a little girl's character i mean i have a little girl i had her read eloise it's a sweet tradition that a lot of us do with our girls especially if you live in manhattan because she's eloise lives at the plaza um and he's got to corrupt it, right? So now Dylan's got to corrupt that by a 26-year-old grown man 
dressing as this child's character, skipping around. And what do you get for that? Oh, you get you get put on NBC, right? Isn't that where the Rainbow Room event was? Or was it just at their building? Um, so you get you get celebrated at their building. You get letters from the president of the United States or the vice president. You get invited to go interview the and so on. Yeah. And, and how and who and who is this targeted at is a real question. I mean, like it's 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 you dressed up as a child's character. So, you, I mean, th- th- that and this is what Ron DeSantis has been doing in, in Florida is actually trying to to fight this at a legal level because so many young people are being influenced by Dylan Mulvaney, by by Leah Thomas, who they, they find inspiring by all these other trans activists who are all over TikTok and all over Instagram and all over YouTube, convincing them that if you feel at all insecure about your body, which is a very normal thing um, as a young person, especially right before puberty and as you're going through puberty, if you feel at all uncomfortable, that might be a sign that you need to chemically castrate yourself and mutilate your body. I mean, that's and that's the message that they're getting. And they think that that's going to make them happy. In reality, you just got to get through these years where it's kind of tough as a a young person. And and then you'll become an adult and you'll figure out who you are. But they're not going to give They're not given that chance um, because not just we have activists doing this. We have giant media corporations like ABC and NBC and, and, and and MSN. NBC and now ESPN um, pushing this, our own president of the United States pushing this, telling us that this kind of behavior is normal. Um, and and again, like I said, a lot of their content is catered towards children who end up being the real victims because they don't know any better. They don't they don't have the the brain development to even know that what they're going through is not really uh, a, a transgender uh, crisis. It's just being young and growing up. Right. Honestly, I would love for there to be a banner beneath Leah Thomas when the, when Leah's standing at, in the winner's circle um, with this, is what Leah's into. Let me show you what Leah likes online. L- little, you know, little photos of men in dresses with erections. That's who Leah is. Leah appears to get off sexually on men who dress as women. That's what Leah appears to be working out based on the Daily Wire reporting. Again, waiting for a denial. Would love to hear from you, Leah, if it's not true. Let us know. We're happy to report that. Uh, no, all we get is a celebration of this person as some sort of an example for our young girls to look up to or for young boys to want to be fully corrupt women's sports. More, The more, the merrier. If I were a female cyclist right now, I would never cycle again. I have a daughter. I, I wouldn't put her in cycling. I would not. And she's very athletic. I would not incur. The men are taking over women's cycling. Uh, there are s- certain sports, you know, from track to swimming to cycling, where these biological men see an opportunity. I said this on Twitter. I've said it before. Amala, I'll say it here again. What we need is one, one true hero, a college man who's a top tennis player. You could be Division Two. You don't even have to be Division One. You'll crush all the women on the Pro Tour. Just a, a Division Two college tennis playing man who's willing to do the hormone suppression for. I, I think it's just a year. Just a year. You, you get get the hormones down. They can go back up. Right. Presumably. <laughs> or ideally, maybe you just are mm-hmm. kind of trans and you're but you would never think of playing in the women's league. We'll do it. Play in the women's anyway. Play in the women's for me. Please do it. Because as soon as Coco Goff or, you know, Serena Williams or, starts losing in women's tennis, then they'll start listening to us. Then they will listen and they will say no more of this charade. This is an absurdity to be letting men take over women's sports. 
Yeah, I had hoped for the longest time that Leah Thomas was just a troll and he was going to go out and win a competition and then turn around and say, look at how ridiculous you are for letting me do this. Look at how possessed you are by your ideology for letting me do this. And unfortunately, that was not the case. And I think other men now are looking at Leah Thomas and saying, this is an example and this is what I'm going to do because I want to win sports. And maybe tennis would be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back and somebody should be a hero and go ahead and do that. But I want people to also know that it's not just about sports. A lot of people look at these stories and go, oh, well, why do you care so much about women's sports? Nobody's watching it anyways. But it's not just about that. This represents a very strong, slippery slope where now if you accept this in sports, you are accepting the general idea that women can take, that men can take on the identity of women and go into all of their spaces. We're talking bathrooms. In the case of Leah Thomas, we are talking locker rooms. In New Jersey, we're talking prisons where men who are convicted of sexual assault against women are now raising their hands saying, I identify as a woman. They're filling out some BS paperwork. They're being sent over to women's prisons and they are assaulting women. We now have stories of two women getting pregnant in a New Jersey prison. So you have to think about where you accept this sort of ideology. And although it might just be in sports and, and women are losing awards that I guess people don't care about, it's going to progress further in every facet of our society. It needs to be an award that they do care about. And in a money-making sport, like women's tennis. People do pay attention to people like Serena Williams. They celebrate her. You know, there are stars on that women's uh, tennis campaign. And if they were to lose, which they absolutely would to a biological man who says that he is a woman for one year for two days, whatever does the hormone therapy, um, because there's a minimal requirement to actually play in women's tennis. I think it's it's just about your testosterone levels. It's not about the fact that you went through male puberty. You played as a college man. No problem. Those are not impediments to you. Uh, then they'd have to listen uh, truly like w when the, the love of like, remember the hierarchy, are you a woman? Yes. Are you a minority woman? Yes. Great. Well, are you a Democrat? Yes. Serena, welcome. Right. Like this is one of the reasons she's the queen. Right. And she's an amazing tennis player. Somebody like that. I really she just retired. Uh, take Coco, take Naomi Osaka, whatever. If one of those women so celebrated by the left went down to a man, then we'd say that's where the rubber meets the road. Right. What how does the identity hierarchy actually stand up? Are you actually going to side with the biological man in the women's arena at this level? And if it matters at that level, then it matters for the cyclist and it matters for the Frisbee player we had on and all like it matters for it matters for the girls trying to run track in Connecticut who got screwed over by boys who did nothing to transition, nothing, no hormones, no surgeries, zero from season to season. They went from boy to girl. They crushed the girls. The girls got a middle finger from the schools, from the courts, from the state. Okay. <laughs> take a break. Take a, take, a, take a break. I'm going to watch the Leah Thomas video again. I mean, not the Leah, the Dylan Mulvaney. The, not, not, the, not the Price is Right. My, the new favorite is that Rainbow Room video. I'm going to watch it. I might play it for you again when we come back. That is the most stunning thing I've ever seen. Stand by. More with the gals. Actual gals. After this. Terrible news oh, out of Nashville uh, or the area around it where a shooter opened fire at a private school, a private Christian school this morning, killing six people. Covenant School serves children, oh Lord, from preschool through sixth grade. Police just held a news conference confirming some of the details. Three children among those killed, three adults also murdered. The authorities say the shooter was a female 
Police are still trying to identify her, but say it appears that she was in her teens. The shooter entered through a side door and was armed with two assault rifles and a handgun. Police responded to the scene and engaged the shooter. She was killed. It does not appear at this time that there are any other shooting victims. Amala and Evita are still with me. Gals, I don't think I remember another one of these in which the shooter was a girl, was, was a teenage girl. That is totally against the profile that we see in every single one of these mass shootings. I'm stunned. The news is horrible. Our hearts go out to those suffering right now, children. And you can't help but think of Newtown when you're talking about elementary schoolers. Um, and I am in no way defending what happened here, but I also can't help but think about the crisis, the mental health crisis affecting teenage girls right now that is in the news every day in the wake of the pandemic and so on. It's just, I, we, need, we need to learn more, but you know what's going to happen over the next 24 hours, don't you? I mean, you know, right, Evita, it's going to go to guns. All the left is going to go to guns and the gun laws in Tennessee. And, you know, people on the right, I think, tend to stay open-minded on, is it a gun? Show me the gun law that would have prevented it. I'm open-minded, but if there isn't one, you know, then what? And people like me who have been jumping up and down about mental health and and how we identify these shooters before they become shooters and why we don't pay more attention to them. And frankly, I'm a little bit more extreme because I'm also in favor of curtailing their their civil liberties before they fire. I, I I'm not worried about upsetting their parents or them by confining them involuntarily once we've figured out that they might be a potential school shooter, as in so many of these cases, don't know about this one, but in so many of these cases, there's been glaring warning signals about the person and we don't do anything about it because of their civil liberties and we don't care about the civil liberties of the second graders. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the second amendment, you're absolutely right, is going to be the first thing that's going to be discussed um, after after this hits, hits headlines. Um, and th- that's what happens transparently every time we see a shooting like this. Um, it, as soon as, you know, we hear the victim's names, Democrats are out with new legislation trying to undermine um, uh, undermine the Second Amendment. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. Mental health is a huge part of this, a huge, I mean, it's it's not, it's, you know, basic theology, right? I mean, who, who's who's done the shooting? Is it the gun shooting with itself or is it the person behind it? And we always have to think about the person behind it. Um, and also think about how we report on these stories. I don't know, this is brand new news. I don't know exactly how the media has been handling it so far, but in the past, they have been horrible about, um, you know, publicizing and 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 bringing notoriety to these shooters even their manifestos um and and covering them back to back um and, and in a way that i think encourages other shooters in a way that i think sort of makes this a a a trend in america and i think the media has a huge role um in in encouraging this and it's not talked about enough look at that picture can we put that back up this is a picture of some of the students being evacuated from the building and holding hands, I think, I'm trying to see up close, but running in like a single file um, out of the building, their, their little limbs, their little bodies at this Christian school where you know very well, Amala, that they did pray. And that just like all kids now, I mean, you, you gals are too young, but you know, so many people out there have young children and they have to do these active shooter drills. And the younger they are, the less they tell the children about what it is they're they're doing. Why are why are we all gathering in the bathroom stall? You know, they'll the teacher the kids will ask you when they come home. 
you know, why did they make us, we had to all pile up on top of the toilet and try to hide our sneakers. And, you know, we practice, practice being very quiet and they don't tell them it's because somebody could come in here with a gun. Here's another one. Look how little they are, you guys. It's just heartbreaking to me. And it's heartbreaking to think that, as we all know, prayer has its limits and there is certain evil. It cannot stop. And it happened today. No child should ever have to go through this or ever have to even ponder the possibility of having to go through this in in school. School is supposed to be a safe place. And there's many things that are going to have to be addressed here. The fact that this is a female is super disheartening and it might uh, go towards a trend where this starts happening. Like you said, female mental health and especially young women's mental health is on a rapid, rapid decline. And if we're going to start to address it, that does not happen overnight, uh, addressing mental health and especially the mental health of an entire generation. This is going to take a lot of time and long and a long term agenda to really uh, elevate young women and help them with whatever they are struggling with. It's just horrifying to hear horrendous. I grew up in Florida and was in high school at the time that the Parkland shooting happened, and that turned everybody's world upside down. Whether you were there or not, you felt for these children, you felt for young people who now have to just ponder the possibility of something like this happening in our in our schools. And it's I, I don't know the answer as far as, as solving it. I don't know what the first step should be, but certainly the issue of mental health needs to be addressed here. And you stated that she's probably a a teenager here, I'm assuming Mm -hmm. below the age of 18. So I'm not sure that gun laws are going to do anything to fix this. If she has access to weapons at an age where it should be illegal, how how do you solve that with gun legislation? Mm -hmm. Can I tell you, I I sense a through line in in everything we've been discussing. It's making me upset because it's like, so women's spaces are no longer sacred, right? Whether it's the locker room or the track where they used to be able to run against other women and feel safe and feel like they didn't have to worry about competing against biological men. I'm not comparing that to school, to a school sheet shooting, but I'll, I'll tie it together. So women are their, their rights are being eroded. They're, they're being eroded and they're being erased. They're being forgotten, diminished, erased. When they try to speak up, like they did in the case of Leah Thomas, they were told to go get therapy for, you know, it's back to the 1950s. You hysterical woman go get, you don't have an actual problem. You're just a lunatic. Go get therapy to get over your upset, as opposed to maybe you have a point. Maybe you actually have a right that's been violated here, that you have a right to offer a primal scream in response to its erasure, right? Maybe there's, maybe there's something there, there that we need to listen to. And, and, you know, the awards, right. Going no longer to every, every spot that's taken by a trans person is one that didn't go to a woman. And that's why Riley Gaines, who the swimmer who lost to Leah Thomas or tied with Leah Thomas and wasn't given the trophy, they gave it to Leah Thomas for the photo op, has been speaking out saying, this is absurd. Why? Why not me? Why people are, why women are retiring? Like there's a famous cyclist who just said, I'm out. I'm out because the biological men are taking. Like, and now you see women, what happens to us? We objectify ourselves. We get objectified nonstop. We go on social media. You know who's being damaged by social media? Fucking girls. I'm sorry, but it's girls. It's not the boys. Sometimes, yes, but the guys, the boys playing the games all day leads to a different problem. The girls who get depressed are the ones who are on Instagram all day long with the false images and TikTok and Snapchat, the same. And we don't care. We see whistleblowers. We see study after study. We don't give a shit as a society. We don't value those girls or they're upset. We see the girls' suicidality rate go through the roof after the pandemic and the lockdowns and so on. Do we care? No. We, we do stories about it. Nothing's nothing changes. Now the girls are becoming school shooters 
And guess who they're killing? I guarantee you there are other girls. We see the little girl in the arms of a teacher or a parent there holding on for dear life, scared, scared shitless. After she was just trying to get an education and who shot at her? Who's shooting up her school? A girl. Like, when are we going to pay attention? When are we going to start caring about the constant objectification of women and the constant focus on their bodies and their exposure and the constant celebration of the men coming into their spaces and making them feel less than like I've gone off many times about the Kim Kardashianization of America, right? Like it's all about your booty, how you look, whether you're thin enough, whether you're sexy enough, it's all related. I just feel like no one gives a shit. I realize we have economic problems. We have a military problem. We've got Ukraine. We've got things that are. But look at this. Why don't we care about this? It's not about tightening gun lies. You're right. You're right, Evita. If she had access or Amala, if she had access to a gun, she was 16 years old. What what gun law is going to fix it? It's our society. We don't. There's there, one last thing. And then I want you guys to get to weigh in. There's a hold on. There's a story today. It was tops on Drudge. It's a Wall Street Journal poll. It shows that patriotism, religious faith, and having children and other priorities that help define America for generations are receding in importance right now to Americans. Some 38% of respondents said patriotism is very important to them. In 1998, it was 70. Some 39% said religion was very important. In 1998, it was 62. Some 30% say having children is important to them. In 1998, it was 59%. Uh, the, the importance of community involvement has gone down. You know what's gone up? You know, the only issue that's grown in importance among Americans and their values? Money. Money. There's something wrong with pushing God out of all the public squares. Here's the video of the children being escorted out. Pushing God out of the public square, pushing community out of the public square, losing our tether on what sexuality looks like, what gender looks like, what a woman is how we treat people with respect, whether we should care about one another and not just Instagram and TikTok versions of ourselves and our stupid filters on Snapchat, whether we should bowl together, we should be together and, and put an investment into our children and have children and not be guilted out of it by climate activists. I could go on. Evita, I know that you're, you are a person of faith. I know you both are. I don't know the answer, but I feel like it starts there. It starts there. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. We, we are a nation that is sick. We are culturally um, in decline. So there's so many parallels to ancient Rome. I'm a, is a, I'm a history major in school. And just to look at even the the weird gender ideology that we're seeing now, similar things were happening in ancient Rome. It's it's a totally civilizational decline, um, a, a devaluing of the family unit. Um, we're not, we don't, we don't, we don't have the same values, like you said, about, about women, right? We, we, we try to, you know, commodify them. Um, and, and we, we don't, you know, value the, the unique, the uniqueness that they have of bringing life into the world. There's something so beautiful and unique about that. Um, and, and I think the cultural stuff that we've been talking about today is, is so important to the bigger things, right? The national security risk that we have with, with, with TikTok and with China and, and our currency, we can't, we can't be a nation and, and defend ourselves properly and be ready when, when, when shit really hits the fan, if we're not mentally okay. And I think that's exactly what we've been talking about today. It's just, we are, we are not culturally, spiritually sound. Yeah, that's so well said. We are not mentally okay. And it's manifesting, Amala. You can see it. You can see it. We should not be seeing any more scenes like this. And it's not just about guns. And frankly, it's not just about, you know, identifying the potential shooters. It's about us. 
Yeah, we certainly have a societal decay that is just taking root all over our country. There's a direct rejection of tradition. There's a direct rejection of biology, of having strong values of our country's history. And what people don't recognize is that these build a strong foundation for how we are meant to coexist as humans, how we come together as a community, uh, our strong family units that we all should be striving to build, a love for country that we should have. And as soon as long as we abandon that and continue to abandon it and have this sort of rhetoric towards tradition and values and a moral compass, this is what is going to continue to happen. And kids are going to be the ones who are hurt the most by it. Our most vulnerable in society are the ones who bear the brunt of this. There is something to the fact that this shooter was a woman. It's not and it's not good. Um, and we're going to have to take an honest look about how she got there. We got there and separate and apart from her, her gender. How many preschools need to be shot up? How many elementary schools need to be shot up? You know, I've got some real ideas on this. I actually do. I almost volunteered to work for the Trump administration. Maybe I'll volunteer to help Biden. But I got some real ideas on, on this and I'll get into them tomorrow. Amala Evita, so good to have you here today. Thank you so much for all you do. We'll be back tomorrow. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.